0: Thirty-seven. Can you hear me? Yes. Wow, I can hear you too.
1: Cool. Yes. And you have a real mic.
0: I am a real mic.
1: No, you have a real mic.
0: I am a real mic.
1: You're. I'm on the
0: brute squad. You are the brute squad.
1: You are a wee bit puppet man. Only when I sleep. No. So, welcome everyone to the Dragoons Lair podcast. I am the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon, and with me via remote, because somebody has to take care of Doug. Our number one fan. Yes. It's King Hamster Pellet himself, Mike. Or should I call what you, Should I call you Michael?
0: No, there's only two people left who are allowed to call me Michael, and you ain't one of them. Oh,
1: apparently Doug is.
0: <laughs> dog, dog is dog is dog song i just leave it at that
1: if you say so <laughs> so so uh danny what what number episode is it this this is episode 37 and because this is 37 yes and because this is 37 mike is in charge today
0: i just lost you
1: oh you just lost me Oh, you lost me the second I said he was in charge. (laughs) This is what happens when he uses AirPods, folks.
0: Can you hear me now?
1: Oh, I could hear you just fine. I heard you the whole time, but, you know, this is what happens when you use AirPods. And this is why I don't like (laughs) Max.
0: Okay, now I'm back.
1: Oh, now you're back. I don't know where I went, but I'm back now. Yeah. Now I'm back. Yeah, this is why I don't I'm like Macs. getting you out of one ear. Yeah, because you're yeah, using AirPods. Anyway. Hey, stop it.
0: Yeah, well, I can't because the jack is where the microphone goes. Splitter. Anyway. So, so this is our 37th episode. And we've both decided that since we are Kevin Smith fans and the number 37 is prominent in his universe, we should dedicate the 37th episode to Mr. Smith.
1: Now you say we. You promised this, so you're in charge. Remember, this is your episode. No, no. Okay. Want to make sure. Yeah. Relax. I got you. All right. Well. Something like. So now. Thirty six. What? Something like thirty six. When did did you become? Like- boy, what is that anyway? Something like thirty you six. Know? me. <laughs> I couldn't hear you.
0: Um. <laughs> couldn't hear me or ignored me
1: little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Everyone else could probably hear something you can't hear. So yeah, um let's just go with that. And why don't you repeat yourself?
0: All right. When did you become immersed in the View Askew universe?
1: View Askew universe, I would say late 90s when I was in Blockbuster and I rented Mallrats because I watched them in chronological order, not release order.
0: I got immersed through a mutual friend of ours john saluga i remember this vividly we were in uh one of our acting classes together we had downtime in between now putting something together or whatever so we were just bullshitting and he had a copy of clerks on him that he rented from hollywood video <laughs> out off richmond avenue yep and i was like what's that and we started talking and he goes, oh here, you know Watch it and give it back, you know, return it when you're done. I'm like, all right. So I haven't really heard of Kevin Smith at the time. And I'm like, all right, let me check it out. And just watching it, I was like, I wasn't blown away by like the overall production quality of the film. What really got me was here is something simple that worked. And I was like, I could do shit like this. And that's what really kind of started me down the dark path of entertainment.
1: <laughs> okay, if you call it the dark path. Yeah. But, you know, have 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 you met Smith before? No. The first time I met him was actually the past weekend when we went to Smod Castle.
0: See, I had I I, I met him at least six times we went i went to two of his regular q a's met him at the stash a few times and for those of you who haven't met smith coolest person in the world it's not all he's not like full of himself like oh i'm this i'm this uh you know big hollywood producer director guy you know Whatever. He's just he's like he's happy that you want to meet him because he's like, hey, I did something good. And I remember first time I met him, uh, it was around the time he was getting ready to shoot Clerks 2. And he did a Q&A at the Count Basie Theater. And I remember uh, I was the fourth person to speak. And I literally made the man break on stage So, you know, this is around the time, like I said, he was getting ready to shoot uh, Clerks 2, and Geely had just been released. That cinematic masterpiece starring Affleck and J-Lo.
1: Well, apparently your time frame is messed up, because I think you mean Jersey Girl. Because Geely and Jersey Girl came out around the same time, Clerks 2 came out years later.
0: Well, he was doing it around that time. I remember because he was getting ready to shoot Clerks, too, because I asked if I could be in it. Anyway. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I got up to the microphone. He's like, yes, how you doing? And I said go, Mr. Smith, I go, I'm a big fan. I go, I'm a struggling actor like your friend aflack And his jaw hit. He dropped the mic. His jaw hit the ground. He, he goes, what did you say? He goes, we're five minutes into the show. And we have the best Aflack joke of the night. He had me come up. He goes, take a bow, sir. I was like, yoo And then I asked if I can be in Clerks too, And he goes, wow, that was a really great joke wrapped around a really shitty question. I was like, what are you going to do? You know, I, I really had nothing to say. I just wanted to say something. But then he did a signing at the original Secret Stash. And me, my sister, uh, Danny, and my brother, we all went down to the stash. And he, he, he was doing the Q&A from like 7 at night to like maybe 1 o'clock in the morning. He didn't get to the stash till 1.30. And I brought a copy of one of the first scripts I've written. And I was like, Mr. Smith, I go, you know, can, can you sign this? I go, this is my version of Mall Rats. And he looked at me and he goes, all right. And he writes on it. And he goes, Mike, fuck mall rats. Go make clerks. Kevin Smith. And from that, I was like, Okay. And then I was sitting there thinking, how do I make Clerks? And then that's where I got the inspiration for Comic Book Jones, which is the unofficial Clerks 3.
1: And it is up and available for everyone to watch on the Blue Dragoon 13 YouTube channel. So now, again,
0: obviously we've both been influenced by the Smith, some more than others. If you had to list your top five Kevin Smith films, what would they be?
1: Ah, let's see. mall rats, because that was my introduction. Okay. I have to go with Clerks, Chasing Amy. You know what? I'm going to say Jersey Girl. Okay. And, seeing as how you're missing a finger there, so the count's a little off. <laughs> I still I've, got the
0: one that matters.
1: I would actually say... Jan, Silent Bob Strikes Back.
0: Ah, very cool. Nice, interesting grouping there. Uh, I'm putting Chasing Amy first because out of all of it, I feel that film... Out of all the film that he's done, I think that film is the best. Only because like, if, if you look at it, it has elements of his other films in it. Like, it has the dick and Far jokes. But... It's just one of his best all-round films. The acting was great. The story was great. Yeah, you had Jay and Bob in it. But again, they didn't show up until the end. So uh, I'm putting Chasing Amy 1. Putting Clerks, the first one, at number 2. Number 3, I'm going Dogma. 4, I'm going Clerks 3. And to round it out, I'm putting Jay and Bob Strike Back as number five. Oh, again? So now, they were supposed to be re- making, or they're still in the process of doing Rats 2. Now, here's a question for you. Do you think, with him redoing all these, like, basically, if, if you know Clerks... In the original screenplay, Dante dies. We have somebody come in, try to rob the place, shoots Dante. That's how Dante dies. He dies in the original ending of Clerks. And just like all the other stuff that went into making Clerks, he basically put into Clerks three. Do you think he's going back to the well one too many times? Okay, he did Clerks, did Clerks two, did Clerks three. Now he's supposedly making Mall Rats two, The Dawn of the Clerk, Dawn of the Rats, or Twilight of the Mallrats, or something like that. Do you think he's going back to the well one too many times with these characters?
1: No, I don't. Because basically when you have a franchise where you have beloved characters that the writing is still good and can continue on, I don't see why it would go bad as long as it's well-written and it's taken care of properly so it's not an insult to the fans.
0: Okay, I... See, I'm I feel the same way too, but there's a part of me that's like he might be going to the well one too many times. I mean, Clerk's Three, I liked it, but again, I was like, ah, he redid this joke, he redid that one. Um, I mean, I, I'd go see it whether it's on streaming or in the because I, I think it's going to be a streaming series because originally it was going to be uh a movie, but I think they decided to go uh make it episodic and go to streaming route. Whichever I'm probably gonna go see it anyway. Um I just think he might be going to the well one too many times with his established characters. Could it work? I hope it does. But Kev, let's let's see it's a little something new. Now have you seen the He Man uh that he man it's gonna be of the universe yeah. show he did on Netflix. of course. did you like it?
1: Oh, absolutely. it really did you fe- hear- it felt like it was picking up not just where the original series left off, but it had elements of the reboot from the two thousand series that actually was really well well done, unfortunately, just didn't continue
0: right. Do you think all the shit that he got for that show... Because, basically, He-Man, he showed up in the first episode. He died in the second one, I believe. or No, he died it toward the end of the first episode. And then he didn't come back until the second half of the season. And people were giving Smith a whole
1: ton of shit for that. Do you think that shit was warranted? I don't. Well, it's not... It wasn't warranted because the thing is, and this is where a Masters of the Universe fan would actually know something about this, which a lot of them were just fans of the original series. In the 2000 series, Tila played more of a part, so this gave Tila more of something to do. But if you ever read the DC comic books that they did of Masters of the Universe meets Thundercats... Yes. They kill off... He Man, pretty damn early. Actually, they kill him twice. Yeah, and then they do bring him back to life later on down the line. I believe it was only a six six, six, mini series, six issues. Yeah,
0: six six issue run.
1: Yep.
0: Now, a lot of for for those of you who don't know, Smith was getting shit because, like, oh, how could you kill He Man in the first episode? Well, if you look at the title, it's not He Man. And the masters of the universe. It's just the masters of the universe. And I'm watching one car hit another. Oh, accident. Um, So anybody with half a brain would say, okay, this isn't just about He-Man. This isn't your basic He-Man adventure. I thought it was very well done. Uh, I geeked out big time at the end when Hordak, you select the Hordak symbol, so I can't wait for the second half, second uh, series to come out. Um I thought the voice acting was great. Uh Mark Hamill as Skeletor. I uh, heard a little bit of the Joker in him, but I think no matter what voice Mark Hamill does from now to the day he dies, it's going to be compared to the Joker cuz he did such a phenomenal job. He's going to be forever linked with Star Wars Luke Skywalker and the Joker. There's no two ways about it. Um, I'm really excited for the second half, second series to come out. And I think I think he would do a lot better in the cartoon world than live action. Because he had a little more freedom to have what he wrote. Like he, he could be a little more off the wall and a little more outrageous via cartoon movies. Than he can with live action. I mean, if you read any of the stuff that he did, for any of the comics that he he did for DC, any of those, like any of the Green Arrows, and even uh, the Batman, uh, I think it was catastrophe storyline he did. He kind of went a little off the rails a little bit, but you have that freedom as a writer writing for uh, comic books and cartoon movies than you do for real life. What do you think?
1: Listen, in all honesty, it's... Live action is a different medium altogether. So, when you have live action, it's going to be different. There's not really much you're going to be able to do about that. The thing that you have to realize is that when we're in the process of watching something Mm -hmm. that's animated... Yeah, you can do a whole lot more. But, is it really something that is necessary? you can go off the rails all you want, but if the story's not good, the story's not good. So it all depends and, on the story. See, I think Smith is
0: a very strong storyteller. So I think that gives him the ability to go off the rails a little bit more because the story writing and his writing is that strong. You know?
1: Okay.
0: But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind... I mean, have you seen the... Death of Superman Lives. That documentary. Pardon.
1: Uh, which one?
0: The Death of Superman Lives.
1: Unfortunately, I did.
0: What do you mean, unfortunately? You didn't it, like it?
1: It was long. It was a love letter for a movie that was never made. And in all honesty, it was one of those moments where I just sat there and I'm like, I'm. And I watch documentaries from time to time. Not all the time. But. No, that one was just not one that I didn't I didn't find it riveting. It wasn't something that held my attention. And I had already seen the story that Kevin Smith had already told in An Evening with Kevin Smith, the first time he did one. So, it was kind of rehashing some stuff or I already knew. So it almost felt unnecessary.
0: Have you read his version of the script? No. Cuz it is available online. Nope. I read his version of the script, and I was like, holy shit. This movie should have been made. You know, but this is where you get people who are in charge of comic book movies who don't really know comic books. Smith, he grew up on comic books. He grew up on the same shit we grew up on. You know, he's only a few years older than we are. So we're going to have the same tastes, um, You know, we're going to have the same taste. We're going to have the same influences. He knows what he likes in comic books. I would, hands down, give him the keys to the kingdom. Write me a Batman movie. Write me a Spider-Man movie. Fuck, give me a Daredevil. You know, I would trust him to do it. Because he knows the character. He would do it the way our generation would like it, and this new generation that's out there would be like, "Holy shit, I never thought of it that way." You know.
1: Uh, the thing I have to disagree with you on is we didn't all have these same influences. Just because you're closer in age does not mean that you've had the exact same influences. Yes, there are certain things that will overlap, but you and I are a prime example of people who have completely different tastes. Because of our influences. You grew up watching Voltron. Am I correct? Yes, but yes yet you, you are. Yet you don't watch anime. That is true. Voltron was anime.
0: A yes, lot I, of, I, a lot
1: of the cartoons you watched as a kid that you didn't realize were anime. You don't... You like them. But now you won't watch any other anime. And anime has a very stronger storytelling... Than a lot of other things that have come out in the past, but yet you typically don't give them a shot, and it's mostly nah. No, that that's that's what it,
0: what you just said was spot on. I mean, hey, growing up, you're gonna throw five line five robot lines at me, that form one super giant robot. I'm gonna watch it. Why? Because I was three, four. You're gonna show me. A, a, a semi truck that turned into a giant fucking robot. I'm gonna watch it. Why? Because I'm three. Because I'm four. Cause I want the toys. Uh, I gave Robotech a shot when it was on TV. I tried to watch it. I just couldn't. I know it, it, they kept changing the time that was on. I'm sorry. I just couldn't get into it. And now I feel that I'm so far behind. In all, like the Dragon Balls, uh, what else is out there?
1: Dragon Ball, Demon Slayer, and that's more new, but then you have stuff like Yu Yu Hakusho. You have a ton of stuff. There is an entire library of things that you could watch that there would be something that you could get yourself interested in without actually having to dive deep in. There are anime fans who watch stuff that they've only seen the newer stuff, Within the past 10 years, they've never seen a lot of the older stuff. And that's just how anime is. It's all about the story. Technically, you could watch Gundam. Giant robots being piloted by humans. Guess what? You can pick up. There's universes and not. Did I lose you? Yep. Connection problems, folks. All on Mike's no end. Thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, good, I can hear you, though.
1: Yeah. You can't hear me? Now I can. Okay. No, but like I said, you can pick up any anime from the past ten years or even further back. You can find anything that's going to suit your interests. Gundam is a prime example where giant robots, piloted by humans, they have a war that's going on, some series continue on and branch off, others, they're in their own separate universe, still Gundam, but it's something you can pick up. Cartoon Network back in the day, in the old Toonami days, they showed Mobile Fighter G Gundam, which actually came out after... Everyone had already gotten in, interested and watched Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing, great story. I actually prefer Mobile Fighter G Gundam, which was more a bunch of fighting robots. So guys piloting the robots were doing one hell of a job piloting some of what could now, when looking back on it, be seen as some of the most offensive stereotypes for the robots. I mean, let's face it. the Mexico Mexico's Gundam... Was the Tequila Gundam? Giant no. sombrero, and the it Pasha. had a
0: sombrero on it. Yep. And it was called Tequila. Yep. I have to
1: watch this now. Yeah, Mobile Fighter G Gundam. You, you, sh- you should leave with that next time. Listen, Mobile Fighter. You know me, I'm a racist fuck. Oh, you should leave with that. It, it. Oh, let l- let's be clear. The Gundams that came out in Mobile Fighter G Gundam, there is a mermaid Gundam for I believe Denmark or Holland. It's no Holland's the windmill. It's literally a giant windmill. (laughs) You can see See, lead
0: with that next time. Lead with that, because you know anything that's racist, I'm funny with. Oh, I'd watch it now. Now I have to watch it. Yeah, lead with that next time,
1: asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried, and he disappears again. Connection problems on Mike's end, not mine. And now for an ad
0: break. Oh, this fucking thing.
1: Well, I guess that's the end of our ad break. Um
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, I can hear
1: you. I can see you, but you can't see me, right? No, I cannot see you. And especially after how expressive you were when hearing about racist gundams. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, shit, lead with that next time, motherfucker. I have it on DVD. It's on Crunchyroll to stream. It is amazingly racist.
0: So, I yeah, exactly. So I don't know why my, my picture's not coming up anymore. Yeah.
1: Turn your camera on. How about you can
0: hear me? I can hear
1: you. It says my camera is on. I have the little green light. Well, this might actually be good for Doug because then Doug doesn't have to see you. Oh, wait. No, he can't because he's in the other room. (laughs) He's in the other room. No, he's in my pool right now. Uh, He's in the pool? Anyway. He's in the pool. Okay.
0: Scaring the shit out of my dog. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (sighs) I don't know what to say about that one, but remember, this is your show.
0: So All right. So let's let's get back to the Smith.
1: Have you been to the new stash? No. That was a no. That was a no.
0: Have you been to the old stash? Yes. The new stash is literally up the street from it. Um It's a little bigger than the old one. There's more room to stretch your arms cuz in the old store you felt very claustrophobic. This, it's, it's newer, it's bigger. There's more movie stuff. Like when you walk in, there's like, uh, like the, the, the door is recessed. And you have on one side when you walk in, like a big glass display case um, that has just movie shit in it. And it has a more roomy feel to it. Tons of stuff there. Uh, definitely check it out. It's just, I mean, getting back to Smith, you know, I, I can, I, I feel a lot of people can relate to him because, again, he's not like your typical Hollywood douchebag. At least that's not the way he comes off. He comes off like everyday guy. He's like, hey, I wanted to make a movie. I made a movie and it happened to work. When we went to the Blues Brothers, He said something, and then you looked at me, and I went, that's right. I go, that's what we do. He said he wanted to make a movie. He went around trying to find money. He said, no one was giving money, so he said, fuck you. I'm going to go out and do it myself. And as soon as he said that, you almost broke your neck, turning it around so fast to look at me. And I'm like, that's exactly what we do, asshole. That's exactly what I've been saying.
1: But that's not what we do because we don't have the money. Oh, we, we have money? What's money? We have money. That's what I said. We don't exactly. have the money. What is money? What's we money? don't have
0: money. That Exactly. Something we don't have. But that we, we make we make movies on a nothing budget. And that's pretty much what he did. I mean, he maxed out his credit cards. Don't wiggle the eyebrows at me.
1: <laughs> I can do a whole that, bunch of stuff. I've got to be entertaining because no one can see you for the audio. The audio version is fine video version, it's like, what are we doing? I don't know. It says my camera is on. I don't know
0: why. It's not...
1: <laughs> he disappears, folks, into the I night. I do. I go down the rabbit hole. There you go. No, I'm back. Now can you see
0: me? Ah! Uh, fuck you. See, I, sh- I should have came back with a mask on. Like my my Darth Vader or my Magneto God, like that not man. again. Anyway. Yes, and believe it lady not, gentlemen, I have all those masks, and believe it or not, I do hate sex sometimes, too. <laughs> hey, 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 hey.
1: What? Don't make fun
0: of them like that.
1: It was more the thought of what you do in those masks. <laughs>
0: not much, because they're kind of like, I can't breathe in them, and kind
1: of a <laughs> but... Anyway,
0: let's get back to the topic on hand, shall we? You're always distracting. Blames me, folks. Anyway. Yeah, it is, that was me. That's right. Anyway. um, Okay. If there is a movie out there you think Kevin Smith should write or direct, what would it be?
1: Don't know. I didn't give it. I've never given it much thought.
0: I would like to see... If they would do a Green Arrow movie, I would like to Smith to do it. Okay. Because, again, he's written miniseries for Green Arrow. He knows the character. I feel he would do the character in movie form justice. Because he knows... He's one of those rare... rare 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 breeds that has a foot in both worlds. Yeah, he can make something totally up with clerks and dogma and everything like that, but then again, he can give you something that's known in The Flash, his comic books, because he knows both characters. I would not have a problem giving him X amount of dollars to go make me... A Green Lantern series. It'll make me a Green Lantern movie. I would not have a problem with him doing that. With a Green Lantern movie? I'm sorry. Green Green Lantern or Green Arrow?
1: He can do both. Well, here's... A, here's because a, I feel he knows his shit. Here's a thought for you. You can go pay for Twitter Blue. You can pay for it for the month. And then tweet at James Gunn so he'll be able to actually see your tweets because can't be seen if you're not paying on Twitter unless... You're saying a bunch of racist shit, but... Yeah, then, then they, or
0: if you're on Facebook and you like too many things, you're banned because that goes against... Uh, you've liked too many
1: things. You over... Yeah, oh,
0: you, you've been restricted for an hour. Why?
1: Well, the fact that you were restricted for an hour says one thing. I, unfortunately, hmm. have been locked out of my... The, the, unable to stream, I, which didn't do anyway, but I couldn't post for a month. Your camera went out again.
0: Yeah, it's back now.
1: Yeah, But yes, I've been locked out. I've been put in, in Facebook jail. And I've been put in Twitter jail. And he's almost been put in real jail, ladies and gentlemen. No, that I have not done.
0: I said almost. No. That's only because yet. they haven't found the bodies yet.
1: No. There are no bodies.
0: <laughs> that said they haven't been found.
1: And pretty soon they won't find yours. Ah, well
0: the two or three people are listening. If I go missing sooner or later, I'm not on vacation. Danny hit the body.
1: No, he's on vacation and his dog ate the body.
0: No. Danny
1: is the killer. You got anyway. two You got two dogs that'll get really hungry, and then your cats will eat you too.
0: Well first of all the cats can get out of the room and Maggie will just run away
1: and Bonnie will be like I ain't eating that. Yeah, she would. They'll get hungry enough.
0: And okay, well, are you killing Lynn too?
1: I didn't say anything about killing anyone. I don't know what he's talking about, folks. This is Mike. This is Mike in his delusional fugue state.
0: Anyway, so back to the Smiths. Your top five. What did you like? What? Okay, let's talk about Clark's. Let's talk about the one that kicked everything off. Okay. wasn't an overly epic film in terms of cinematic quality. Like, not a lot of, like, holy shit shots. Okay? Just basic shots.
1: It was you an know, nothing indie film.
0: That, it was an indie film. Nothing that really stood out. What made it stand out to you? What made you like it?
1: It was the dialogue. The dialogue Very- was real. It was something that was pretty much sounded like conversations between people that they would actually have with a side of ridiculousness mixed in. Mm -hmm. The Mopper dialogue in itself was one of those moments where it was like, he's explaining what it is to the guy who's buying things that it's like, yeah, that seems like it's probably his job.
0: Probably. Now, you had a film like Clarks, very dialogue driven. Again, not a lot of crazy shots. Then you jump forward, what, a year, two years to Chasing Amy. That came out like two years after Clerks. He did Rats first. I'm not, I'm not talking about Chronicle. I'm not talking, yeah, Mallrats and Clerks.
1: So there, and were, then chasing there Amy. was more of a time gap in between because there would be one movie, then the next movie and so on and so forth. There's going to be longer gaps. You're you're on mic time, as uh, people refer to it. No, I
0: want to when it was released.
1: When it was released. How long after Clerks
0: did well, Chasing Amy came out?
1: I believe Clerks was about ninety three. Ninety six okay. would be Mallrats. So I believe it was probably ninety eight. Or 90, okay. So ninety-seven,
0: ninety-eight. Okay. Let's just say ninety-seven. So he had ninety-three clerks, 94. 90, ninety-four clerks, ninety arguments. sake, ninety-seven chasing Amy. The big jump. Now, as a writer, how do you, how, do, I mean, if you watch Clerks and then you watch Chasing Amy, made by the same guy, written by the same
1: guy, it's like you're watching two totally different filmmakers right but the same writer the difference is they're still very static there's not a lot of movement going on in the scenes it's not like there's tons of tracking shots there's not like sweeping camera angles it's very simplistic Mallrats was the one that had more movement and action so it was very stationary both movies are very still when it comes to their shot progression. You're... It's... apple, It's comparing apples to apples. Literally, apples to apples. It's like, you want a Red Delicious or a Macintosh? That's the difference.
0: Red Delicious.
1: See? It's... That's what it is. Because it's the writing. It's... When it came down between, like, Clerks chasing Amy, that was the writing. Mallrats had similar writing, but at the same time, different studio, bigger budget, a lot of things going on where they did more outrageous stuff. Chasing Amy brought it back down to the basics again. That's all it was. It just had different locations. That's the true difference.
0: And that's why you put Clerks 1 and what you say, Chasing Amy was... Two or three?
1: Three. Clerks t- one was number two. Mallrats number one. But I put Mallrats number one because it was the first one I saw. I didn't know anything about Clerks. I only saw Mallrats, rented Mallrats, liked it, and eventually I saw Clerks.
0: See, I didn't watch it in like any sort of chronological order. I saw Clerks I was like, oh, this is great. Didn't know he did Morax. And then I think the next one I saw was... Dogma, I believe. I think it was Dogma. But whatever. Now, Clark's 3. You saw it, correct? Of course. It's pretty much put a final stamp on Dante and Randall.
1: For the most part, yeah. Why do you think he did that? End of an era. Let's face it; it he wrapped up the story for these characters. It's the not only the growth of the creative force behind it, but I mean, let's face it; his life made a bunch of progressions and changes, and it's reflected in the film.
0: Would you have? Did you like the way Clerk and if anybody who hasn't seen Clerk 3 spoilers, Dante
1: dies in the un hear? in the director's cut because the theatrical? No, 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 I'm was, talking about oh. Clerk 3. Okay,
0: Clerk 3. Did you like the choice of him killing Dante or would you rather before them just riding off into the sunset together?
1: I actually think killing off Dante was was a good thing it was why it forced the character growth for Randall Randall's character was a perpetual man child he had a stroke well heart attack and has a heart attack and then goes and wants to be a filmmaker by the time he's done he finally took it seriously and finished the movie so that Dante would be able to see it before he passed.
0: So you agree with the fact that. Okay let me kill a. Kill a beloved character.
1: Yeah. If it's integral to the story. Which it felt like it was.
0: And when I, when I first. I heard about it. Before I saw it. And I was like. Wow. Killing killing Dante. that That's a bold step. I mean, yeah, he did it in the first one because, hey, it was his first film. And he's like, fuck, if I'm, if I'm going to make one again, let me just kill the guy now. But then, you know, he, it, it took off and it became and it made Brian O'Halloran a cult classic actor. You know, um, I agree that, you know, it, it forced Randall's character to grow up, take things a little more seriously than he did. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I agree that having Dante die was a bold move, but it was, it was a gamble, but it was a gamble that paid off. And I also like the fact that at the end how you see him and Becky walking out of the movie theater together after watching, you know, after watching his life. Walking out of the theater together. So that, that, that was a cool move. I like that one. Um, Yeah. He's been... Let me ask you this question now. At his Smod Castle. Smod Castle Cinemas. He's doing a lot of... Movies that made him serious. So the Blues Brothers. um, Ghostbusters is coming up. In August, uh, Jaws was there. And, you know, and he does this thing. It, you basically you sit down and you watch a movie with Kevin. Your thoughts on that? I mean, because you're paying money to go. Are, you're paying money to go see a movie that you can stream or you have on Blu-ray somewhere, but yet you're seeing it with him. How do you feel about that? I mean, because me as a as a Kevin Smith fan, I'm like, holy shit, there's Kevin Smith. You know there's just so much I'm not I mean I'll say it I had a fight to you know when I we went to go see Jaws I went to go see the Blues Brothers he's walking around in the lobby I had to go fight to keep my ass in the seat because I would just want to run up to him and just start having a conversation with the man I had to force myself not to geek out and don't be that person you know I had, I had to fight myself to do that but him doing movies like this had what type of a move do you think it is do you think it's a cool move you think it's oh he's just trying to get money. What do you think?
1: Listen, it's a cool move because let's face it. At, nowadays, and we can see it as it really is in real time. Movies that are coming out nowadays, they're charging so much money for these new theaters with the reclining seats and all of these like amenities. But yet, at the same time, the movies are being—they're spending so much money on these movies. That they're not making their return. The Flash is a prime example. They expected to make like so much money, and it's not. It's not making back its box office that they were hoping to get. So they spent all this money to make it. They pushed it. It's not making the money. But watching an older movie that you didn't get a chance to see as a kid, it's a nostalgic feeling. So with the nostalgia, that's the perfect place for things to go.
0: If you had to describe Smart Castle as somebody who's never been there before, how would you do
1: it? Vintage movie theater. (laughs) The seats are classic, non-reclining, but it has the classic feel of going to a movie theater in the 80s with the ambiance of Mm -hmm you can tell the theater is owned and run by fans of movies because it's not just the big production-like posters all over the place. I mean, when you go to a regular movie theater, what do you see? You see all the upcoming movies that are coming out. Those posters are all over the place. Over there, there's a whole bunch of artwork and posters and images of celebrities that they're not what you would find somewhere else.
0: And, again, you know, that's what I find cool about it, because it, he's down to earth, and he keeps his businesses down to earth, you know? I mean, he could have easy, easily gone for, like, the bigger venue, to charge more for the reclining seats, but Ghostbusters, the 16th of August, 10 bucks, you know? And he's cool, you get to go chill with him. Um... Oh, that that's How long have we been
1: on right now? About an hour? A little bit less? Uh, 50 minutes. Not well, bad, not bad. So that, it's a little less because I've been on longer than you have because I was waiting on you because of mic time.
0: I got your mic time.
1: Hey, Doug's the one that said mic time.
0: And you didn't have to agree with him.
1: Yeah, I did, actually, because I've experienced it.
0: And on that note, everybody. All right, I, I think we sucked Kevin, Dick's, Kevin Smith's dick long enough, don't you?
1: I th- I think you could work the balls a little more, you know. Cup the balls, work the shaft. Come on.
0: Uh, maybe for the forty-seventh episode, we'll do that.
1: <laughs> so did we? Yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll get him on. Um, did we get any new subscribers?
0: Uh, let me look. Hang on.
1: And in the meantime, I would like to say happy birthday to one of our listeners Christy who is turning 37 at the release of this episode so happy, happy birthday, birthday.
0: Earth Day. let's give her a big birthday kiss ready ah. okay let's see uh, now we are still holding seven, holding 30 holding steady at 34 on Instagram but on thread. Or threads or whatever the fuck Threads Threads with the S the damn thing will load um on Threads we have a few we have a few followers we got some asshole the blue dragoon what oh, fucking idiot that guy is uh, you know um Albert Albanese uh Russell uh Caitlin Ferguson who follows us on Instagram so thank you for following us on both uh, Greg poems Threads on Instagram Thank you very much uh, Some asshole Doug <laughs> Fuck him uh, Wait till
1: he hears this one
0: Yeah right uh, So that's about it On the activity Remember We hit 50 It's only what seven, eight, nine from here I grow a magnum sash Danny goes baby face Don't you want to see that? And Come you have on.
1: One episode left To make yes. this happen Because And then we'll come up
0: with something totally new.
1: Because episode 38 will be our season one finale. And we will will return for season two. Whether you like it or not. Well, but we do appreciate the fact that on Spotify, we have the ability to get listener support, which we would greatly appreciate whether you want to contribute a dollar or 50 cents. I don't... We don't mind. We'll take whatever. We need, to fund, we need to fund one of Mike's movies. So, he's writing it. I can't work on it unless I'm getting paid.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, I just got done editing uh, the stop-motion film today.
1: Okay, which I posted a little video about that, that we were working on a project. So, thank you for telling everybody what that one was.
0: All right. Uh, I hate to wrap this up, but I'm going to say adios because everything on my end is dying. <laughs> so... As Danny says, we love you. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here.
1: Get out. Later.